Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm so glad that you're back here for this week's episode. I'm really excited because on today's show, we have a very special guest, and I know I say that a lot when I have guests, but she is near and dear to my heart because it is my sister, Rebecca. Hi, Becca. Welcome to the show, and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Kat's younger sister, and I'm really excited to be with you guys. I am a licensed dental assistant. I have two little kids, and Kat and I have become extremely close the older we got. So um, she's truly my best friend, and I'm excited to do this podcast with you guys. Oh, that's so touching. Thank you, Becca. That's so sweet. I'm really excited for the topic of today's episode. I really wanted to talk about different personalities and how personality tests can tell you not only a lot about yourself, but a lot about the people that you interact with on the day-to-day basis. And my dear kind sister invited us over for dinner tonight, and it's like negative 20 air temp, I think. (laughs) And her husband, so my Mm brother-in-law, cooked us these giant steaks. He grilled the steaks in the freezing cold weather. And I couldn't pass down this invite for dinner and to hang out with my sister and her family and my niece and nephew, but I needed to get this podcast in. And so we're like, sister, I've been thinking about this type of topic to talk about. Do you want to join me as a guest? And what were your thoughts when I asked you that question today? I was a little apprehensive because number one, I do not like the sound of my own voice. (laughs) And number two is I've obviously never been on a podcast before. So this is definitely outside of my comfort zone. Yes, I would say that most people don't like the sound of their own (laughs) voice, but you just kind of got to get used to it. And it's kind of fun to hear and learn. And yes, definitely the first episode that I did was way outside of my comfort zone. So (laughs) it's really fun to try different things. So thanks again for joining me. Of course. So why I thought this conversation would be really good for the listeners who are current and future PAs on their way to financial independence was because a few months ago, myself and some other PAs that work for the same company that I do, and two of them were in the same PA program as I was. And so now we've become friends and really close over the years. We ended up going to a psychiatry conference together because we all work in mental health currently as psychiatry PAs. And so we got an Airbnb, essentially a cabin up north, And we were talking one night after the conference because it was an online or virtual conference. And we were talking about how there can be different conflicts with people in your life. So sometimes, you know, spouses or friends, coworkers, patients, you name it. There are so many different type of people that you run into where you feel as though 
you are trying to say what you think and say what you believe, and you can't always really understand how or why they're thinking the way they are. And you do want to try to understand their view. So I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but I was like, do you guys remember how in PA school they actually had us do personality testing? Mm -hmm. And so they actually made us do the Myers-Briggs testing and then talk about it in groups afterwards. So I really liked it back then and I was familiar with the test anyway. But I just think that personality tests are so fun to do and they're just so revealing and interesting. So we talked about it and some of them hadn't really remembered kind of what their different personalities were, the different letters that they had. And then you kind of start reading about the information and they're like, oh, yes, okay, this is so funny because yes, I'm exactly like that. Do you remember when you first took a personality test and what your thoughts were after taking it? I feel like the first time that I took it was when I enlisted in the army, they made you take it. Oh, okay. That's cool. And then I've also taken it for multiple job interviews. Obviously with what we do, we have to be very outgoing and personal and your personality goes hand in hand with your patient interaction. So, you know, that's super interesting that you say that because I have literally never taken a personality test for a job, but I completely agree that they can show a lot of information. There are definitely different types of personality tests that are more geared towards jobs mm-hmm. in particular. Myers-Briggs, I would say probably isn't for most jobs. Do you remember if you took that one in particular for jobs or were they other ones? I don't think it was more the Myers-Briggs one. It was asking specific questions and then like your answer to it had to do with how you would handle the situation, I think, which related back to your personality. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I see. When you took it back when you were going into the army, mm-hmm. do you remember what your thoughts were when you started reading about your results? When you took it in the army, majority of it was for what job you were going to go into, as well as your ASVAD, obviously, your score. Had a lot to do with that as well. So... They just kind of fitted you with your personality and what they thought you would do well with job-related. So I was a little nervous because I had never seen it before. And with the outcome, it was more leadership role, which was, number one, very scary because I was 19 years old and going into the Army as, here, you would be a good born natural leader. And sure. was a little intimidating, but... That's so awesome. Yeah. It worked out really well. That's so cool. Yeah, you guys, even though she's my little sister, I definitely look up to her in many ways. She was in the National Guard, and I think that's so admirable that she was able to join the service and be in it for a while and really wanted to serve our country. Do you mind sharing just kind of a brief history about your experience being in the Guard? Sure. I was, you know, very young, about to start a family, but I decided that I wanted to be a dentist. So I joined the army majority for schooling purposes and I joined I did the whole a year before I even left to go to basic training I did my nine weeks of basic training but unfortunately I was injured when I was there so they discharged me out of basic so I wasn't able to fulfill my career or my eight years that I signed up for but it really served my life greatly it has you know, given me opportunities and taught me a lot about myself and um, showed my personality in different ways that I never really saw before until being in those kind of vulnerable situations. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I've said it before and I'll say it again for past guests that all of you veterans out there, especially if you are a PA and a veteran or PA and active duty right now, you are you are awesome. Thank you so much for all you do. That's so cool that you have that career. And it's so cool that our profession in general as PAs was founded in the military. So mm-hmm. I have so much respect for all the military professionals out there. So my dear sister, let's change gears a little bit and dive a little bit into why we agreed that this topic would be pretty good to <laughs> to cover together and kind of share our perspectives as to yeah. our personalities. What are your thoughts with that? And I'll kind of share my thoughts a little bit. So Kat and I are 19 months apart. Which was a little too close for comfort growing up. <laughs> exactly. But now we, the close for comfort has really grown into a close relationship. She's truly my best friend. Growing up, we had a lot of differences. I think it came down to we were too close when it came to friends because we had a lot of the same friend group and we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And the older we've got, we've kind of put our differences aside and really grown together instead of apart. Yeah, exactly. We went to such a super small school. Mm -hmm. We went to a small Christian school and when I say small guys, I mean small. My graduating class was 12 people. So <laughs> no joke, it was super tiny. So a lot of the classes obviously had friends that were, you know, the class above, the class below, and you played sports together. We played volleyball, basketball. We, you know, it was just kind of challenging throughout middle school and teenage years, I would say, were certainly yeah. the hardest. And we would butt heads a lot. And, you know, as a firstborn in general, mm-hmm. firstborns can be more of leaders, but also stubborn, but also some personality types can be stubborn too. So we could butt heads a lot and it was just challenging because of, you know, lots of friend groups and things like that. So I would say that we still were always, you know, respected for each other and like we got along in general, (laughs) but you know, it's never like we shunned each other or Mm -hmm. were never on speaking terms or things like that. But it was just We never did stuff together, though. We were very separate in our teenage years of hanging out with friends. We never hung out together or did stuff in a group setting. Even though we had mutual friends, it wasn't really a together thing. Yeah, because we weren't just one year apart. We were two years apart. And so I would say that a lot of times – my class would hang out with the class above us more so than the classes below us. And I could see how that mm-hmm. can certainly be a little bit more divisive, perhaps a little bit. But one of the frustrations that I really had in high school was I would see how there were other sister pairs at our school. And interestingly, they were only two years apart as well. And I would be like, why in the world do they have such an awesome relationship as a sister like it just seems like they're getting along so well they're hanging out all the time they seem like they're best friends and I'm like man I just feel like we're so opposite and it's just so difficult almost to you know try to formulate this sister relationship right and I was almost envious or jealous of their relationship and it was like man why can't we have that right well again going back to personality tests Once I took a personality test and was reading some of the scores and eventually convinced my sister and all my other friends and family (laughs) members to take them eventually, and you're reading the results, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Myers-Briggs in general. There's 
In case you aren't familiar, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Myers-Briggs, but there are four different letters that you would get assigned. And so there are 16 personalities total because of the combination of the four letters. There's only two options for the four letters, essentially. So the first letter combination you get is either an E for extrovert or I for introvert. And the next one is an S for sensor or N for intuition, which is weird that it's N for intuition, (laughs) (laughs) but it's probably because the introverts are the I's. So, and then the next set of letters is either a T or an F. So T is for thinkers and F is for feelers. And then the last set of letters are J and P. So J is for judgers and P is for perceivers. And when I was reading about the personalities, which I want to get into a little bit more, but I was learning how most couples and most friends tend to gravitate to those who have at least two of the same letters. And my dear sister and I only share one letter that are the same. (laughs) (laughs) Only share one letter that's the same. And that's the last one. It's the J. So it just made so much sense. It was like, Oh, okay. We just are so completely opposite Mm -hmm. for the most part of our thinking and how we see the world and how we handle situations. And it's like, ah, that makes sense. You know, (laughs) (laughs) did you have that realization too? When, when we kind of found that out about each other? Absolutely. I always wondered like why we were so different, but when you see it on paper and you read explanations, it really makes sense. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So I'll share what my letters are. I'm an ISTJ. And so I'm introverted usually, although I do feel as though I run slightly on the Mm -hmm. extroverted side of introverts. So I like to go, you know, hang out at group settings and talk to people, but it eventually does wear me out a little bit. (laughs) Extroverts, like my sister here, she probably kind of gets her energy being around Mm -hmm. people, would you say? Absolutely. I enjoy being a group setting for sure. It makes me feel upbeat and needed, which I really enjoy. For sure. And then for me, on the other hand, after being around a lot of people in group setting, especially, I need to go home, be by myself, peace and quiet, and recharge. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next set of letters with sensors or intuition, the sensors are more detail-oriented. And intuitive people think more so abstractly, so abstract level of thinking, but they're often more like big picture or creative too. So we are certainly different in that sense. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the nitty-picky details. So like I feel like as working as a PA, like my notes, I'm putting the details in, but at the same time, I struggle with efficiency because I absolutely want to be efficient yet thorough. So those are the struggles that I run into, but I am a detailed person for sure. And then how would you say that you're more of the intuitive side of things? Do you feel as though you don't get bogged down in the details? No, I don't. Like I have a very fast paced job and a fast paced lifestyle and I know what it needs to be done. And I'm very good about checking the boxes. Um, You do one thing, you do the next thing. I'm very good at following patterns and making lists helped me a lot with checking off everything that needs to be done. Sure. Sure. Like, let's say you're working on a project, like a, 
like a landscaping project, for example, Mm -hmm. do you feel as though you take the time to make sure everything's completely lined up and completely perfect? No. Or is it... (laughs) Or is it more like, you know, the picture of what you want this landscaping project to look like this big picture and let's get it done and let's get it there. I'm very much a big picture, big picture. (laughs) 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 I'm very much a big picture person. I can see it before it's even done. And in order to get to that big picture being done, I'm very good at delegating the tasks as well. Exactly. Exactly. I would say that my husband is also an S like myself and we are both very detailed. Like we will take the time to make sure everything is lined up and detailed and done right in the sense in our eyes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it takes us forever to get some of those projects done. And that's why my sister and I don't work well together on some of these projects, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like when we made hot cocoa bombs. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. (laughs) <laughs> that was a very trying family relationship. We almost weren't sisters anymore. <laughs> was that last winter? Last Christmas, we had this crazy idea of making hot cocoa bombs for our gifts for people and our coworkers. And we spent hours one evening trying to figure out the best way to make these hot cocoa bombs. If you've never made them, they are don't. so... <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't even bother. They are so intense. And then, and then afterwards, we're like... No wonder why people charge five to seven dollars for one of these things. If you buy them from someone, tell them thank you because <laughs> never again. It was horrible. <laughs> My mom was also helping us yes. too. And afterwards, all three of us, I don't think we're on speaking terms for a while. It took us a couple days to finally recover from that. <laughs> but we think our coworkers like them. They Hopefully did. they yes. did. They better. <laughs> oh, that was good times. <laughs> So then the next set of letters are thinkers versus feelers. And myself as a thinker, I definitely am always like thinking about the problem, right? If my patients, for example, come to me about their problems, I'm like, okay, fine, let's fix the solution, right? Let's find the solution. Let's fix the problem. Like I'm always thinking and thinking about how to help them, right? I tend to think very logically, mm-hmm. And try to figure out what is the most like reasonable direction to go, so to speak. My sister, on the other hand, is a feeler. So how I, would you say that you more so interact with patients? I am 100% a feeler. I have patients who have had struggles in their life and they cry to me or they, they're having a hard day. And almost every day I cry with my patients. Really? Almost every day? Almost every like day. Like what percentage would you say? Um, probably 80 to 90. Wow. <laughs> Bless your heart. It's hard. It's honestly exhausting to be a feeler because anything that's going around you that is hurting another person or, you know, another person's struggle, it becomes your struggle. And I also make decisions with my heart versus thinking it through fully. If something feels good or if something sounds good on, you know, paper, but it's truly not the best decision, it's not always truly what is best for everybody. So it kind of puts you in a perspective of slowing down and really trying to think things through before you make a rash decision. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for explaining that a little bit more. And as PAs, I would say that several of us are thinkers and several of us are feelers, which obviously is not that 
an amazing of a thought because there's only two <laughs> options here, right? But I would say that it's not the majority of us are only thinkers or the majority of us are feelers because we go into medicine and, you know, my sister into the dental field working as a dental assistant, we go into medicine or dental field wanting to help people. And again, there are different approaches to helping people. So I think and try to feel logical and she's way more sensitive and caring. Now, the downside of my Uh thinking is that I can be perceived perhaps, (laughs) which I recognize, (laughs) as somewhat cold, unfortunately, you know? So I have to do my best to try not to be perceived that way. Uh So I try to smile a little bit more. (laughs) And obviously working in mental health, I have so many people tell me incredibly awful stories all day long. And, you know, similar to you, if I were listening to some of these stories as a feeler, man, I I don't know how my feeler colleagues do it because several of them I know are feelers of my friend group that Mm -hmm. work in mental health. And they must just be empathizing so deeply, which is such a good characteristic. I, however, when a story hits me close to home, I don't handle my emotions well because I'm not constantly dealing with my emotions, right, as feelers are. Mm -hmm. So when a story hits home for me, so it can be a sensitive subject about, you know, my family members that have had things or friends that have had things or like things that have happened in my life that have been difficult or, you know, a loved one passing away and they're talking about their loved one passing away and it hits me, it is difficult. And man, it's hard when you're like, okay, I don't like these feelings that I'm (laughs) feeling. I sometimes do tear up with my patients. It's definitely not 80 to 90% of my day. (laughs) It's like maybe... I cry a lot. (laughs) Bless you. It's like maybe a few a year. Like I do my best not to cry, but like sometimes I do tear up with them, right? Mm -hmm. And I always hand them Kleenexes like... I, I'm like, okay, they're there. Like, you know, you, you poor soul for crying. Like I do my best to really portray that I care because Mm -hmm. I do, but I have a harder time of showing it for them. And because my mind's already in that thinking process of how to fix their problem. Right. Yeah. It's exhausting. I mean, I truly feel like I have relationships with my patients that some thinkers might not because we have connected on a different level, but at the same time, it's truly exhausting. I don't know what else to say besides that. I have plenty of Kleenexes 24-7. <laughs> I think that's great. And, you know, all of you PAs out there that are feelers too, you might be working in like certain specialties that are so difficult, right? And mm-hmm. COVID pandemic in general has just been exhausting, causing so many burnout symptoms for so many people. But I feel as though you guys are doing such a great job. So thank you for all that you do. And I think that it's really fun too, because sometimes if you are working as a team member, depending upon what type of specialty you're in, your nursing staff, your MA, they will have different personalities with you too. Mm -hmm. So it's super important that you consider these things. So at my last job in family medicine, we would kind of joke about this, but my nurse that I had, her name was Sandy. <laughs> she was in her like early to mid sixties. And so she was around my mom's age. So she's absolutely awesome. She's like everyone's grandma. Essentially when patients come in, they feel like you're like senior grandma is mm-hmm. kind of like how her personality is. Right. 
So we would joke because she was an extrovert. So she was like talking and like chatting the patient's ear away. But I'm the introvert. She was the feeler. So she was like making sure that they just feel all warm and fuzzy. And I'm the thinker, like, let's fix your problem here, right? So even though we were opposite, we felt like we made a really good team because the patients kind of got a well-rounded experience with both of us working together. It's funny because I work with a dentist now who is more of a thinker and more of the the traits that my sister carries. Um, And I feel like I can get along with him really well in the fact that in some of the things that he may lack with patients' needs, I definitely have and vice versa. So it's funny how the relationships that you have in your life can go very smoothly if you have different personality traits as one another. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. And then the last set of letters that is in the Myers-Briggs personality test are J and P. So my sister and I both have the same letter in this category, which are judgers. Mm-hmm. And judging in Myers-Briggs does not mean that you are a judgy person, okay? <laughs> we might be in some situations. <laughs> Although we probably are pretty judgy sometimes. So, But it does not mean that. So if you get a J, do not be like, oh my word. It's I'm not a just... negative thing. Yes, yes, exactly. So what judging actually means for Myers-Briggs is that You like organization, you like to plan, Mm -hmm. you like structure, you like order, and you do not like last-minute changes. And man, when I hear that, I'm like, amen, that is me. Yes. (laughs) And working in a fast-paced environment, it's like, bam, there's an emergency patient. Okay, let me switch gears and figure this out really quick. And even though it's doable, it's also very difficult. Oh my goodness, yes. And that is why, probably, why... The ER was not my favorite rotation. (laughs) I feel that. Yes, I get it. (laughs) You're like, what is going to walk through the door next? And man, and and let's say some, you know, family medicine days could be like that because even though you have a schedule, you really never know what's walking through the door. And we had an urgent (laughs) care on site and, you know, you are still getting medical emergencies and family medicine every Mm -hmm. once in a while too, but it was obviously not to the extent of the ER. So P is for perceivers. And my dear, lovely husband, he is a perceiver. Yes, he is. <laughs> so perceivers, they appreciate flexibility, spontaneity. They like to leave things open so they can change their minds. They don't like to plan and have a date on the calendar or commit to an invite to things. And this can be very challenging if you have a spouse who is opposite of you. This makes many aspects of life challenging. It makes planning vacations challenging. Mm -hmm. It makes committing to an invite to a wedding, birthday party, so many things challenging. And again, I like to plan things. I get some joy out of it. So our recent vacation to Costa Rica, I enjoyed some of the planning process. But, you know, there were some stresses to it, right? And my husband, he would just show up and be like, okay, so like, let's just see how we feel one day. And I'm like, well, if you want to do some of the things, you kind of have to plan ahead of time. So it's very interesting when you have a spouse that's different in in that sense than others. I kind of feel like my spouse is the same way in a lot of ways. My sister and I and our spouses just went on a ice fishing trip and we had an open end date of when we were coming home. Yes, that drove me bonkers. And trying to plan for meals and trying to plan for clothing and trying to plan for, you know, childcare. It was, when are we going to be home? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it's like they don't understand, like, how I need to know how many clothes I have to pack yes. for. I need to know if we're bringing the shower, like my yes. shower things, <laughs> to possibly take a shower at the fishing resort so that we don't have to go a whole week without showering. Yes, yes. 
Absolutely. <laughs> There's no structure when it comes to their thought process sometimes, and it can be a little stressful. At the same time, though, for the good part of their view, it can make life way more fun. Yes. Right? That's true. So, you know, they're kind of up for anything, and they mm-hmm. can kind of push us to be a little bit more like that and be a little bit more last Push minute. us out of our comfort zone sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. And one more line that my perceiver husband likes to share about planning, he goes, well, nothing ever works out the way you planned anyway, so why even plan? (laughs) And all your planners out there, all you J's, you're like, oh my goodness, but if you don't plan things, nothing ever gets done, right? (laughs) I feel like I've heard him say that quite a bit, and it kind (laughs) of makes me want to strangle him sometimes. (laughs) Right, right. I did talk about this ice fishing trip on the last episode. Oh, funny. And I said, I said, my sister and I always have a battle to try to outfish the guys. Do oh, you, yes. Do you think we outfished them this past trip? I feel like we outmissed them when it comes <laughs> to the fishing. <laughs> we had so many opportunities to catch some monsters, and Kat and I were very good at missing fish, whether it was we were sleeping or too busy embroidering or watching movies. <laughs> You make we, us sound like we're grandmas. We are. Yeah. We did kind of pour. We yeah. need to make up for it on the next one. However, I will say, though, the guys missed a lot of fish, too. Oh, yes. For sure. It was not just us. It wasn't. But I don't think there was a clear-cut winner this past no. week. I think that it was probably about 50-50. Zach and I both caught about the same size for the biggest fish, so there was no clear winner on that either. Yeah, sure. Cool. Well, now you guys know. You know the update in case you care. <laughs> So if you are interested in taking the Myers-Briggs personality test, I really encourage you to take the free online version if you haven't done so already. There are several websites that you can search. You can just Google free online Myers-Briggs test and it'll pull up different tests. The one that I really like to review the results through in particular is a website called 16 Personalities and 16 is the number. So one, six personalities. Some of these free tests, you might have to enter an email in at the end to get the results. I don't remember if that's the case for this one or not. I think it is. Okay. But why I really like 16 personalities is once you know your personality type, you can read all sorts of different things about your personality. So I'm just going to pull up what mine is. So the ISTJ. So it gives you, it starts off by giving you a brief introduction about your personality type. And then if you scroll across or scroll down to the next section, it's strengths and weaknesses. And Mm -hmm. you'll start reading your strengths and you're like, oh yeah, I am pretty good at that. And oh yeah, I am a pretty cool person. (laughs) And boy, when you hit those weaknesses, you're like, oh crap. That hit close. (laughs) That hit close to home. And oh man, and it it can make you feel kind of crappy, truthfully. Mm -hmm. However, I still think that that's a good exercise to do because, again, it helps you work on those things. So, again, I know that I can be kind of a black and white person, kind of concrete, kind of direct, kind of, you know, stone cold perception (laughs) sometimes for people, even though I try not to be that way. I know that that's how I am, unfortunately. I guess. I don't know. You know, it's a a weakness. Mm -hmm. So I know I have to work harder sometimes in those areas to really fight that for me so that I can be more empathetic and be more of a feeler for my patients who especially really need it those days. What do you think about the strengths and weakness section? It is very interesting to look through and it kind of gives you a 
Oh, that is a very good point and something to kind of work on. The next section that I think is really cool is the romantic relationship section. So again, if you are currently married, you have a spouse or you're in a relationship with a partner or you're dating, it's really ideal to kind of read about how you are in different romantic relationships. And then also if your partner is willing to take the test, that can Mm -hmm. be so huge to figure out what their personality is too. So you can read about how they interact because people show love in so many different ways and interact in so many different ways. So show that they're caring in different ways. It's kind of like the love languages. I was just going to say that. It's just like the love languages. Your personality goes hand in hand with that and how you react with each other and how you really show affection towards each other too. And then the next section is friendships. So you can learn and read about how you interact with your friends in your life. The next one that can be really good for growth experience. Now, caveat, I am saying this as a female that is not a mother yet, (laughs) but it's parenthood. And the parenthood section, I think, could be really ideal if you are a parent and wanting to figure out how you interact with your kids mm-hmm. and what you what you may or may not want to work on. It's very true. My husband and I grew up very differently and we have very different parenting styles. And agreeing on that had a lot to do with our personalities and how we handle situations has a lot to do with our personalities. So I think this is a great section on on that as well. And then the next section is career paths. So if you are listening to this and for some reason you're not a current or future PA, then it can talk with you about different types of careers that you're interested in. There are definitely a lot of areas in medicine that they cover too, which is really cool. And then there's workplace habits, so how you can act at the workplace as well. So I really think that the overview of the 16 personalities website is really fun and interesting how you can read all of those different sections about your personality type. And I'll make sure to include the link to this website in the show notes for today's episode. Or if you find out who your sister, brother, spouse, their relationship, their personality types are, you can Google them and look at their um, specific letters and kind of try to realize how you and them can get along in certain ways based on their letters as well. Exactly. And I really want to drive that point home too. So, you know, when you are a newlywed, you can find that your spouse does things one way and you do other things another way and you feel like you are starting to butt heads a little bit. And again, you're like, why aren't they seeing my point of view? But when you take the personality tests and read about each other, if you have a partner or spouse that's on board with that, that can be really helpful and really insightful. And I could see where perhaps some spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends or whoever you have in your life might kind of resist that almost. They might say, what? I don't want you to learn about my personality. That's weird. Or I don't want to take the time to do this test because it's a lot of questions and it's not a super short few minute test. I I can't remember how long it took my friends recently when they did. I feel like maybe 20 to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. clicking through. So it does take some time, right? But you could try to portray it to them and say, hey, look, I'm really trying to make our relationship work better and I want to work on myself about understanding how we're different, how we view things differently in life and how we do things differently in life. Mm -hmm. And so I can use that information to really work together to try to better our relationship so we can interact better 
fight more fairly perhaps (laughs) (laughs) and get along and go through life together a little bit better. Absolutely. That is a really great point. And again, working in medicine too, you are going to see that you have your patients, you have your colleagues, whether they are the nursing team, MAs, lab, x-ray, your supervising doc, whoever you have working with you. You're going to see so many different types of personalities, right? And once you start reading about some of these things, you might identify, oh, they are more of an introvert. So that's why they're not super chit-chatty. It's probably not that they don't like me. It's the fact that chatting and doing a bunch of small talk really isn't their style, right? Absolutely. And then you're going to deal with patients all the time too. So you can learn to see what your patients are doing and learn to kind of interact with them a little bit better. So I really hope that this exercise is something that you consider doing. And I think that circling back to financial independence can help you and your partner in life understand how to discuss finances and money and formulate a plan to build wealth over your future. So again, I hope that you consider using personality tests as a tool in your arsenal to be able to perhaps get along with others throughout your life a little bit easier as you are trying to work through some conflicts that can come up, as you're trying to set goals for your life, and as you're trying to reach financial independence as a current or future PA. I definitely would love to hear from you if you do take a personality test and know what your results are, whether it's Myers-Briggs as I touched on or another one that I really like too is Enneagram is a good one too. I'm an Enneagram type one for that. And I would love to hear what your results are. So on Instagram, you can come over to PA the FI way and send me a DM if you'd like, or you can comment on the post for this episode and share what your Myers-Briggs personality type is and what you learned by doing this exercise and how it's helped you in life, how it's helped you to be a better PA, a better better sister, (laughs) a better sister, a better family member, a better friend, a better parent, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't wait to hear that information. Or you can come on over to Facebook and join the private PA, the FIWA Facebook group if you're interested in as well. Sister, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on today's episode, on your first podcast episode. I hope that you had a wonderful experience. So thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I'm glad you gave me no more than an hour's notice because otherwise I would have way overthought this. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) That's not normal for us planners, is it? No, it's not. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.